It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hey, welcome to the COB. It's great to have you with us. On this Monday, it's the 3rd of August, us being myself, Nadine Blaney, and Daniel Weiner standing in for Scuddy. Dan, good to have you here. Um, how was your day today? Very happy to be here. Look, an exceptionally busy day in the markets where it doesn't seem like much moved on the surface, but when you dig a little deeper and we've got quite a few big stock names. Yeah, so we saw the Chi-X 200 up maybe a quarter of 1%, um, really flat line for the XJO, so a bit of a, a divergence between those two markets. but. Yeah, it really was a tale of, I suppose, the banks versus the miners, and that's including the gold plays as well, right? Absolutely. We saw a lot of those gold plays have very positive days, and then you've got the bill where the CSL really propping up the market, up the best part of 4% in comparison to these banks, which really, you would argue, have fared quite badly on the back of these Victorian lockdowns. Yeah. I mean, when you look at NAB down by close to 4%, I can't remember the last time we saw the banks down this hard. Um, of course, that will get chatter as to whether there's value in the banks, but I think that uh, what the market is telling us today, you know, falling house prices, um, you know, the pressures on unemployment, migration not going to happen anytime soon, just the economic headwinds are just painting a really negative picture for the banks. Well, we did see that core logic release saying that Melbourne prices were down the most of the major cities, but still in comparison, we're only talking about one and a bit percent for the month. If we put that into perspective in the stock price moves we're seeing, in the movement in commodities, arguably that hasn't really fallen as far as some of the worst predictions. Yeah, I spoke with Eliza Owen from CoreLogic. You can catch up with that on our website, but she said, look, you know, Property prices have been relatively resilient thus far through the pandemic. But Dan, I mean, if I had to say, are you a bull or are you a bear when it comes to house prices in Australia going forward? What camp are you in? I'm not a scaremonger here in a day, but I am ultimately a property bear at these particular prices. Property is a very safe asset. It provides a return to people and people can ultimately live in it. So there's a lot of attractability from the asset class. But if we look at what's happening around us from an economic standpoint, Ultimately, if people don't have their jobs, if they're not earning their wages, it's going to be very difficult for prices to hold up at these levels. So, you know, when you see a headline that says 20% price falls in Melbourne, you think, yeah? I I completely think yes. It doesn't necessarily have to happen over a month or even a six-month window, but we're looking at a protracted decline potentially over 12 to 24 months. Yeah, all right. Well, you know, homeowners don't want to hear that. Perhaps some who are looking to get into the market wouldn't mind that. But again, like you say, it's all dependent on whether or not you have a job. And things are looking very precarious if you live in Melbourne in particular. We heard from the Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews just shortly before the market closed today, outlining what industries will be impacted by further restrictions. And you've got to think front and center was retail. So retailers having to shut their doors to customers. Yes, if you're the likes of the Bunnings or many other retailers besides, you will still be able to order online 
And you will still be able to do curbside pickup in the case of something like a Bunnings. But what happens to sentiment? You know, what happens when you start to see your, 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 the value of your home falling? All of this uncertainty, people lined up out of stores with masks on today. It just, I just really worry for consumer confidence. I remember when you and I were presenting together at the beginning of this pandemic, it was, you know, how much can consumers take? Will they snap back? Will they open their wallets after an initial scare? And all economists we spoke to pretty much said, yeah, but the worst case scenario was if there was a resurgence and further lockdowns, because then, you know, consumer confidence is gone. Absolutely. And we've seen that week on week decline in consumer confidence. That has at least been minor declines. We haven't seen a 10 point drop in any particular week but ultimately, this could be the week where it really kickstarts this negativity. I don't want to, again, be on the negative no. side of things. But ultimately, if you see stores start to close their doors when they didn't even actually want to, that, that starts that chain reaction of negative sentiment. And we got the, um, the AI group PMI today, Manufacturing PMI, and it did point out that JobKeeper you know, program stimulus has been one of the reasons why we've seen this continued positivity in that read. I spoke with the AI Group CEO, Innes Willicks. He just said it's like being on another planet. Being in Melbourne right now, he had obviously been lobbying the state government when it came to some of those um, new restrictions being put on business. He said in the worst, it's almost a worst case scenario, what's panning out now. He says Victoria could become an island economy in Australia for months. I think it's a very strong interview. If you'd like to listen to it, you can access it via the show notes. Um, so yeah, Victoria COVID will continue to remain a focus going forward, Dan. That is no ifs, ands, and buts. I'll just mention a couple of the big moves. We saw Linus Corporation. It was up by 6% today. Dan, I think that was just a carry-on from some of that positivity around that um, contract that it announced last week. It was up by about 6.3%. On the flip side, though, we did see Monadelphus. It was off close to 9.5%, getting into a bit of trouble with the uh, big miner. You don't want to be chased by a company like Rio. I think that's the long and short of it. Ultimately, they will be contesting this, but we're talking about half a billion dollars in lost implied revenue from Rio on the back of a fire that happened in 2019. Granted, the market doesn't know what will be the outcome, but no one likes to see a headline like this regarding a stock. No. Okay. So when we talk about equities, I should have mentioned when we were discussing Bunnings that BWP Trust, which is the landlord essentially, of um, you know the Bunnings warehouses reports tomorrow. So a big focal point for markets is still reporting season, although you know a bit of a slow start to the week here in Australia. Um, I had a chat with Kyle McIntyre from Fire Trail Investments. There are a few themes he said, and I thought this was interesting. He said, I think you're going to hear some new accounting terms coming out. Things like EBITDAC, so earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, amortization, and most importantly, COVID. Ultimately, I think this is going to be the case when we look across the board and then we see a company like Tabcorp have a goodwill impairment of over a billion dollars today. So ultimately, we're just going to see readjustments, accounting terms used left, right and centre in this earnings season. Yeah, it's going to be, um, you know, go slow when you're reading these reports, I think. Um, Kyle was also talking about, uh, you know, a second wave of cap raisings coming through in a more meaningful way, pointed to some of those infrastructure assets, you know, the likes of Sydney Airport. Um, Transurban. Also, we discussed dividends, um, and this on a day that we saw Seek cutting its dividend, Infigen Energy as well. So if you'd like to listen to that interview, you can do so. And again, you can do that via the show notes or just go onto our website. Really, really easy to do. 
I had a little chat with a company called Neometals. It's done a deal in Europe for a JV. It wants to get a lithium ion battery recycling process up off the ground. Look, I think it sounds great. Lots of money in waste and who doesn't want to save the environment? Um, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle and all that kind of stuff. Um, bit of execution risk here and um, it's going to be a while before we get the revenues coming from any of these things, which are obviously still a little ways away from commercialization. But that share price was up by 6%. And why don't we let that take us to the stock of the day, Dan, which was um, News Corp. It was up by 3.4%. Uh, James Murdoch resigned from the board of directors. We will be getting a report, you know, a uh, company report coming from News Corp later this week. We sat down, Kashi sat down actually, let's be accurate, Nadine, and he, she, he spoke with Gaurav Soti from The Intelligent Investor who kicks off his thoughts on News Corp. Look at this company, it looks cheap. It should be much more valuable than it is. Yeah. It owns a 60% stake in um, realestate.com.au and that accounts for the vast bulk yep. of its value. On top of that, there's a little company, um, Realtor.com, that it owns, which is trying to replicate real estate success over in the US. They're actually doing very well. I think that business by itself is probably a billion dollar business already. Wow. And then you've got um, um, some pretty good quality traditional print publication. When you tot up all those assets together, we should get a valuation at least 50% more than the current market price, maybe up to double the current market price. Is the only way to realize that value is if management is willing to break up the empire or take steps uh, to recognize value. And clearly the Murdochs aren't willing to do that. I wouldn't buy it. I just don't think right. being cheap is not enough. There has to be something else and there's too, much, um, too many problems with the management in okay. this business. I don't think the media assets are worth as much. I think realestate.com is a great model, but it's way overvalued for the economic risk that it's facing um, globally. Um, I'd rather, if I had to pick, I'd rather go and buy realestate.com at these multiples than buy News Corp at these cheap multiples right. because it's just, it's, you're not going anywhere. You are yeah. buying a delusional asset at this point. Right. There's a lot more risk in it and I think the media sector still has a lot of restructure that's going to go through massive changes. So I'm not betting on who comes out on top. Yeah. I think it's just too hard to play. Okay, and that was uh, Nathan Samasundram from Blue Ocean Equities finishing those thoughts on News Corp. So, Dan, um, as far as reporting season, we'll have BWP Trust here tomorrow. But I think as well, a lot of the focus will be on uh, the economic data. So, yes, digesting all the PMIs that come out overseas tonight. We get construction spending as well in the U.S., we get trade balance and retail sales for June at 11.30. But the big one is the RBA cash rate at 2.30 p.m. Zero. I don't know about you, but nobody I've been speaking with or in their right mind really would expect a big change when it comes to monetary policy. However, you know, we're still going to be reading that statement at line by line for any detail on how the RBA feels, right, about the recovery? Well, that's how it's been for all the central banks, not just the RBA. It's about the feeling at the moment. We're not expecting these rates to change. And if they change, we're not expecting them to move by magnitudes. They could be five bit moves and decide to adjust the way that they approach things. But ultimately, it will be where is the Australian dollar sitting? How do they feel about the Victorian lockdown and how they feel about their potential bond program going forward? So that's really that's what the clues are going to be for investors and for uh, individuals alike looking into this. OK, we have um, lots of uh, great guests lined up for tomorrow. Gary Lawrence, Global Equities Portfolio Manager at Perpetual Asset Management, is joining us. Niv Dagan, Chief Executive of Peak Asset Management. 
We'll be speaking with uh, Dane Wellsman. He's the CEO of Intralayer, and that's in Startup Daily. And Martin Crabb, the Chief Investment Officer at Sean Partners, will wrap the day for us. Looking forward to it all. Dan, it was really good to have you join us today. Um, look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Very happy to be here. Sorry to be such a bear to all those housing <laughs> bulls out there, but you know, everyone entitled to their own opinion in this case. Absolutely, and a dose of reality perhaps as well. We'll see you tomorrow, Dan.